and welcome to the Reality Below's podcast. My name is Nick Maritato. I'm Ashley Burke-Robert. This is a podcast all about reality television. That it is. And on today's show, we are going to talk a little bit about reality television. That is very true. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, got to be completely upfront. Uh, Ashley had her birthday celebration last night, so we are actually doing this the Monday that it drops. That's right. Before Ashley and I go to our day job hustle. Not only did we have the birthday celebration last night, we had it all day yesterday. So it started at like 10 a.m. and went on till 10 p.m. Yes. So the blowhards out there who are like, why didn't you just wake up early and record it on Sunday? Well, just know that we were partying really hard, 10 a.m. Well, all right. So partying, what does that mean? I mean, we're golfing. We were golfing. That's how we party, <laughs> That's yo. how we party. Ashley and I went to Queens, Flushing uh, Meadows Park. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, Home right- to the the World Bowl, the World, what is it? The U.S. Open. Yeah. <laughs> the tennis U.S. Open. That's where they play. But it's a beautiful park in Queens. Yeah. And uh, we, they have a nice little pitch and putt course. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ashley, um, why don't you uh, explain what pitch and putt is for the uninitiated? So it's not mini golf. Don't say that. And it's not golf. It's in the middle. It's in between the two. It, uh, it, it's if mini golf is just having a putter, and golf is having a putter wedge and driver. This is just having a wedge and a putter. Golf, Does that make sense? Golf isn't just a like regular that's it. golf. That's isn't all the three golf clubs. is. There's like three clubs. eleven clubs involved in whatever. Golf. Man, I've never actually really golfed. I've just pitched and putt. Pitch and putt is like a tiny golf course, but not as tiny as a putt-putt course. Exactly. It's a medium, It's like a teenager golf course. Well, you actually need to have a little bit of golf skills to play. Yeah. You can't just be some drunk 14-year-old hanging right. out on the on the beachfront, you know, trying to, you know, toss purple balls into a clown's mouth. The beachfront? Oh, because that's where mini that's golf is. That's where a lot of mini golf yeah. takes place. At least where I come from. The Jersey Shore. The Jersey Shore. Mm-hmm. Home of the mini golf on the beach. Home of the Jersey Shore <laughs> from MTV. Jersey Shore, home of the Jersey Shore. Have you heard of it? So. So basically, pitch and putt's the best. And pitched and putt. Yeah, it's pitch and putt. You That's really what don't I said. even know. I said pitch and putt. Um, yeah, it's really fun. So we played. Uh, we played that, and then we went. Uh, well, we, we had had a we had had a hang scheduled in Prospect Park. Right. A big birthday hang for three p.m. And at around two thirty at pitch and putt, Nick is like, "Oh shit, it's two thirty. We gotta go." Yeah, and we were on hole seventeen of eighteen for those yeah. who were uninitiated. We were there with our friend Neil and Megan. It's nice to do it with a little group. We had a little group, but we did. uh, There was drinking on the course. Mm -hmm. I mean, and it's and it's and it's allowed. It's legal. You buy it there. It's almost mandatory. Yeah, Um, you got to drink if you want to play. So uh, you know, everybody but I was drinking. Yeah, and so on the seventh, because I was the driver, ladies and gentlemen. I do not drink and drive. Uh, I on the seventeenth hole, I looked at my uh, phone finally, um, and I realized that we were a half hour. Um, away from the start time of Ashley's birthday second hang, which was going to be at Prospect Park on the opposite side of Brooklyn. Yeah. And it, without traffic, we probably wouldn't be there on time. No. But there was traffic. So we were like, okay, I guess we'll just pick it up at 17. And we just kind of ran off the course, <laughs> quickly used the bathroom, hopped in my old Lincoln, and we headed over there. Zip down to the park from Queens to Brooklyn. We needed to get snacks. Yeah. And at first it seemed like it was going to be a team effort. But then we realized that I actually have some punctual friends who came to the park yeah, right at 3. what is up three. with that? What's, <laughs> what's going on with that? You tell somebody 3 o'clock and then at 3.05 somebody's there? Yeah. It's like, relax, okay? Obviously, if I'm saying 3, I mean 4, 4.35. Yeah, well... 
I we didn't get there till like three thirty, and I was texting people like, "Yeah, just we're gonna be there in a second. <laughs> and then so Nick dropped off uh, Megan and I with all the blankets, and then the guys went and got snacks, and they got some great snacks. Got a lot of food, got a lot of uh, drinks. Um, then we had to uh, break down all of the food and drinks into a cooler, a cooler that Ashley and I purchased at a Disney store two years ago. Guys, honestly, this cooler uh, has been sort of the bane <laughs> of our existence because it was so. So kind of, it was cute. We, it was cute when we got it at a Disney store. It's a little Mickey cooler. It's a Mickey cooler. And we got roped into buying it because they were like, it's a special. You can only buy it today. If you purchase a certain amount of Disney gear, luckily you guys have already reached that limit. And so now you can get this cooler for like five bucks instead of 10. And it's something. a good cooler. Yeah. And it's a good cooler. And then we never used it. And I was like, just another thing we bought and never used. Just sitting in our kitchen. Just sitting there taking up space. Every time we walk to the podcast room, you have to sort of trip over this dusty ass cooler on yeah. the way in. Think about things that could have been. And then yesterday we're like, oh shit, let's get this cooler going. We used the cooler. And then we, I, I'm proud to uh, report that the cooler could fit 14 Coors Lights and one cold bottle of Pinot Grigio. Oh wow. Yeah. Where so, is the cooler? The, I don't know. Has it made Neil it back from the park? <laughs> Neil took the cooler home. Oh, okay. Because there was like five you know, there was like a six pack of Coors Lights left. Yeah. And you and I don't drink Coors Light. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, Ashley may have had one or two yesterday. It was her birthday. Just I, for party sake. I do not drink really. And I especially do not drink beer. Uh, too many goddamn carbs. Yeah. Um, even though I, I ate about 19 cupcakes yesterday. Oh, uh, my God. Six, Everybody. Six plates of gnocchi. <laughs> I gotta say, my friends really stepped up to the plate with the snacks. They you, were, do, you have to do a big shout out to one friend, and and that's gotta be Irene. Irene, yeah, she brought some magnolia cupcakes. Magnolia y'all. cupcakes, y'all. Yeah, can they you were believe so good. it? Normally, okay, so Ashley and I were sp- split a cupcake. You know, yeah. uh, spoiler alert: later we split another one. But uh, y- you decided to split the red velvet cupcake, which yeah. was would not have been. It's your birthday. I'm not gonna say anything about it. Would not have been my choice. Red velvet. I kind of feel like there's nothing to it, really. Oh, I love it. To me, it's chocolate, and then they put the food coloring in there, and then they have the the icing, which is a cream cheese icing. I love a cream cheese icing. I respect the icing, but the cake, your brain is making you think that you're tasting something other than chocolate based on it being a burgundy color. Look, I'm not into the cupcakes for the, uh, the cake part. I'm into you cupcakes the for the icing. Okay. It's just the cupcake is a vehicle for icing. Well, I'll tell you what. This time, pleasantly surprised. That was a delicious red velvet. Delish. And Irene later told me that I think they may be known for their red velvet. That might oh. be one of their things there. Irene, give it up for Irene. Give it Bring up, for up Irene. those cupcakes. Irene Morales. Find her on the internet. She's yeah. a comedian. Very funny. It was and it was a good hang. Yeah. And the weather was good. I get really nervous planning any sort of birthday celebrations um, for myself or like even just asking people to hang out with me on my birthday feels like I'm, um, I don't know, burdening people, you know, like being like sacrifice your Sunday to celebrate me. But this was this was really a fun, social, laid back hang. And uh, yeah, I would tell you this, Ash. Most of the time when I go to one of these hangs at a park or a hang anywhere at a bar or anything, less at a park, more at a bar. Yeah. If it's for birthday, some situation, it does feel like people are obligated to be there. They're up. They're a little like, okay, I'm here and now I kind of want to go home. Yesterday felt like, for the most part, everybody was very excited to be there and having a good time, almost as if it was everybody's birthday. Yeah. It did feel like just a celebration of people. And I I think that's because of you, Ash. I think you brought the right people together. 
I think you, uh, your joy brings out joy in other people. Nick, you're making me blush. And uh, also, we're getting a divorce. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's what you were celebrating. Yeah. Well, long story short, we 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 had to rush home. We didn't rush home, but we got home. We ate we ate yeah. a bunch of pasta. Man, we ordered. <laughs> okay, so listen, people. Uh, you know, if it's your birthday or your significant other's birthday or anybody's or, birthday, you know, if you know somebody who's got a birthday, really lean into that as an excuse for all bad behavior because we had been you know literally golfing since like 11 and i was had been drinking and then at the park just eating nothing but cupcakes and chips and beers and you know really just going it's my birthday you know using that excuse on the way home at like 9 30 10 we're ordering seamless to meet us at the house and you know nick pointed out he says really you can order whatever you want because it's your birthday no holding back yeah, and, and then like Ashley's like, you know what? That's a good idea. And then she named like one place. I was like, nah, we just ate there. And then she made, named another place. And I'm like, nah, we got sick last time. And then I was like, we ate one place. I'm like, nah, that's boring. And then you said, well, how about this Italian restaurant? I'm like, that seems interesting. It's your birthday. Whatever you want. <laughs> and you're like, thanks for make, letting me make my own choice. You no, know, I just realized what you did there. <laughs> So we uh, we ordered this stuff, a uh, bunch of Italian food. Very excited. About an hour and a half later, it came. Oh my so god, long. it took so long, so long. But then we ate it, and we we watched so much reality television yeah. last night. Um, but getting into reality television, I lived out one of my personal reality television dreams. By being a shark in a Shark Tank themed show, a, so, a themed comedy show in themed somewhere comedy in Brooklyn. Show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was a live show, and I got to play a shark. Whoa! So explain to me what was the concept? Were these people trying to? Was it legitimately Shark Tank? Were you going to invest in in ideas that they had? We were buying bits or ideas, so people came and pitched um, different bits and then different concepts, and then we bid on them. We tried to work out percentages stuff like that um i think everybody bought something um but well so what what did it mean to buy something was that real yeah it was real yeah yeah yeah. it was real really so the sharks were all comedians but we were dressed as venture capitalists and these other comedians were presenting us um you know uh I will. How about I explain a bit? Okay. Please do. Okay. So this is the one that we all did not buy, and I think that this was the biggest mistake of the night. Uh-oh. I think this. <laughs> I think this should have been built. I mean, bought because it was such a interesting um, concept. It was a very conceptual idea. So this girl uh, came. This this one of the what are the people called who aren't sharks? The minnows? Um, Are they minnows? No, I think they're just uh, um, idea generators. Sellers? I don't know. People on the show. Okay, so this comedian. Yeah, this contestant, she had built this um, emergency, like, vest for if you're bombing on stage so if you're bombing on stage uh this is for a comedian uh uh-huh right yeah and you want to tell them what bombing means Uh, well um uh, me come on i I don't have any i know you've never bombed in your life but (laughs) listen bombing is when you go on stage with your precious precious ideas things that you know is just going to bring the house down mm-hmm. and you say them and then people immediately stand up boo you and then puke on their own chest no more that's extreme usually right. what happens is there's just silence it's when a comedian fails yeah. at, at a live stand-up show yeah or, or really a sketch could bomb it could be sketch a sketch show bomb. improv yeah. could bomb you know any sort of live performance that you're supposed to get a laugh out of 
the audience. If you don't get that laugh, that's a bomb. You're bombing. So this is what she was doing. She This is what she proposed. If you're on stage and you're bombing, you can put this vest on. And it was like a, it was like an emergency inflatable vest from um, like an airplane. And it said she had written on it like, laugh now. Start laughing now. And then one of the pockets had these glasses that you put on. And the glasses, the lens had been completely taped. So it blocked out everything. So you didn't have to watch people not laugh at you so you put on the glasses and then there were some earphones attached to the back so you could um, pop in the earphones to play whatever sort of pump up music you want to hear I think she had it wired to play um, like with arms wide open so if you needed with arms wide (laughs) if I were to finish that we would have to pay him Um, Scott Stapp and then she had like a party thing that you popped that was in the pocket of it so that glitter went everywhere oh one of those little poppers yeah and then all the glitter. yeah, mm. and it was she. There was a couple of other aspects to it, but it was all like how how to get people to start laughing because it looked wacky. How to exit the stage without noticing that people weren't laughing, and how to leave on a good note with a big pop. And this is funny. This is funny to me. So yeah. is, the, is the concept here also your ideas should be funny? So we're actually make because the live audience was there watching this, and and, yes. the, and the concept should make the audience laugh. And did that play into how the sharks, the venture capitalists, uh? decided on to invest like if something if that bombed if, yeah if they're if they're no. pitch bombed did mostly people go well you bombed with this i don't want that no oh, no interesting. yeah it didn't play that big of a role into it but i could see how it would have it was more of the venture capitalist sort of grilling the contestants that really got the uh, laughs rolling so tell me this yeah what happens? So we'll use this as an example. So so this person presents this idea yeah. so then how do how did the sharks then grill and then I want to know why eventually, uh, eventually y'all didn't invest in this product. Um, people just started asking her questions like, you know, has it been tested? And it hadn't been tested. And then we asked her to inflate her vest to pull in the cords. And she tried and it didn't work. So there was some hiccups, you know. She was like, it's a beta model. And then we were like, we all kind of want to see a finished product. Um, and then we all got really distracted by her earrings because she had these like earrings that were little goldfish and bags. Bags is what it looked like, little plastic bags with oh, goldfish cool. in it. So then we tried to start buying her earrings, and then that's <laughs> really where it took a turn. But some people came on with bits that were like, "Here's a bit you can use, um, like if you're just meeting someone for the uh, first time and you want to say good. something this funny." This is actually this is actually practical. Yeah. The other thing is kind of just for comedy purposes. Yeah. The other thing was very conceptual. Let's, let's be honest, if you're bombing and you do that, you just you know people continue to bomb. Can, yeah, prob- yeah, probably. But it was it you was could a win very, the crowd over maybe. You might. That. I mean, somebody's gonna laugh at that. Sure. For sure. I would But laugh. then there was stuff like this guy who had, you know, something to say to seem witty. Um, what was it? It was, I don't know if I can say it because no one bought it. I didn't buy it. I, no one's going to listen to this. Um, so sounds. it's just kind of like if you are, you know, meeting, you're, you're, you're taking a, an Uber or Lyft with someone for the first time and you kind of want to show them how fun and witty you are. When the Lyft driver picks up and they're like, when they pick you up and they're like, um, hey, are you Justin? And you look at your phone and you go, yeah, are you Toyota? Oh, okay. Okay, cool. So that was the whole idea. Yeah, and then I wouldn't he, invest in that. He, yeah, no one did. Oh, actually, someone did. But then he showed us it in every situation, like every situation, like how you could do that if you were going to the drugstore, how you could do that if okay. you were going how, to a funeral. How would that work at a funeral? 
Yeah. Well, so they showed us like that. He showed us he got people from the audience to come down and play like a son and a father who were going to a funeral and they called a lift and the lift arrived and they're like, yeah, we're going to a funeral. Are you Justin? He's like, yeah, we're going to a funeral. Are you Toyota? So it was just doing the same thing. Right. I don't have any issue with the awkwardness between my Uber driver and myself. So this I would not invest. No, in. it's not about the awkwardness between you and your Uber driver. It's trying to show the person you're with that you're like you're fun and witty. Oh, like yeah. look at me at my fun little bit I'm doing. No, it's still un- unnecessary. Okay, if do you're you riding know with, the if one? If you're riding with somebody like that, then you kind of can just you just get into a car. Do you want to know the like one it. I bought? Sure. Okay, so then the last sharks came on, or the last tanks? No, minnows. The last minnows came on. And it was three guys, and they had developed all of these movie posters um, for movies that haven't been created, but they were you. They could be used as like um, you know inspiration, like starting off points. So I bought the movie poster for the most dangerous summer, and Sunita, um, who's a wonderful comedian, you guys should look her up. She's on Glow. She bought the uh, poster for the most dangerous summer too. So we 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 uh, invested together in that. Who who was the comedian that made the posters? That you it bought? was three guys. I don't know their names, but they're funny. Mm-hmm. They're from a sketch group. I've done a show with them before. I've seen them around a little bit. Okay, there you go. Look them up. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Glow. I watched the Glow documentary, and I'm yeah. all, and I'm all ready to start the Glow uh, Netflix. We show. gotta watch it. We yeah. got to watch Glow it. Glow documentary was fantastic. Um, and it may, it didn't make me immediately want to watch the glow show, Yeah. but what it did make me want to watch is look up the glow pilot that's on YouTube, which is an hour. And I watched the actual, glow. I mean, you know, you we got to watch glow our friend, you know, my friend's on it. We got to right. see, uh, Sunita. But you know what that. it is, right? Yeah. Gorgeous it, ladies of wrestling. I know, but you know that it was a real thing Yes. in the eighties mm-hmm. and, uh, it's watching the actual wrestling show is fantastic. It's well, so much fun. I it, know. Oh, the actual one. Yeah. It's oh, like, gotcha. cause, cause the documentary is all the women that yeah. Yeah. involved in it and it's crazy these women were involved in it because they were not for 90 percent of them were not wrestlers yeah. they were just kind of like models and they kind of showed up to an acting audition oh. they're like by the way this might be a wrestling this is a wrestling thing so wow. and then like half the ladies left and like some of them who are not wrestlers were like well I'll stick around i've done some weird shit you know like That's let's cool. get into it and then it, it immediately turned into them being chained uh trained by um one of the Guerrero family members. The Guerreros are um, uh, a very important wrestling family. Yeah. And one of them trained all these like models and women to to be wrestlers, and then they put on like a weekly television show live from Las Vegas. These people just uprooted their lives and moved to Vegas and kind of lived in this boot camp like wrestling oh thing my for God. a few years. I would love that. It's uh, it, and the thing is, the wrestling is yeah. like so much more of just like we're kind of parodying wrestling and we're just kind of. Uh, super into characters so it's, it's very like, performative yeah like i'm like the hollywood bimbo and it's just oh. like here comes the hollywood bimbo and yeah it's like, i'm you know i'm the housewife and it's like uh you know and then they kind of wrestle each other but it's all about the the performing in the ring uh i would and, love uh, that it, it's goofy it's fun and i and it got me excited to watch the show because i've heard that the show is really good and that the second season is even better so. i've heard that too i just want to exit on the bit on the shark tank thing by saying it was um more stressful than i thought it would be to be a shark especially on a comedy show because once people got up there and started pitching their bits you could tell they were 
like nervous and wanted to sell. Like something about just the way that that atmosphere is constructed mm. makes the sharks like we all leaned into being ruthless naturally just because of the dynamic on stage. And yeah. then the people selling leaned into really wanting to sell. So what did you do to prep for your venture capitalist character? I kind of just thought about like who I was and what I wanted. And what was that? Um, I said that I wanted fresh bits. Um, I wanted fresh, hot, new bits that appealed to teenagers. I decided that my thing was going to be that I was um, a, a mogul making teen products. Right. Because you didn't have, you, 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 correct me if I'm wrong, you didn't have the biggest base of knowledge on uh, Shark Tank going into this. You had to do a lot of preparation for yeah, it. Yeah. I right. had watched Shark Tank casually. I'm not sure. like a diehard sure. fan. And then I had to brush up on some info. And so was there anybody there that you kind of uh, uh, in, sort of built your character around any of the existing sharks? The lady with short blonde hair. Yeah, of course. I yeah. forgot her name. But she's a, she's a mainstay. Yeah. She's a hard ass. And God, she's good. Get her a, get her a uh, daily judge show where she can like yeah. take be like well, a Judge Judy character. Let's toss Judge Janine whatever right out the door. I mean, she's fighting with Whoopi Goldberg. Get on out of here. About, uh, politics. Get out. I don't even know what she's fighting about. But don't fight with no, Whoopi. She's like, she's like a Trump apologist. Oh, like a uh, Republican person. So not to alienate anybody that listens to this thing. Yeah. But, we like um, all listeners. Yeah. Just don't ever tell us your political views. Don't ever tell if, us if, your political if they views. Don't, if they don't line up with our... Let's put it this way. Leave it. We live in the middle of Brooklyn. Yeah. So uh, that's our political views. And I'm a Star Trek fan. And Whoopi was really great on the Enterprise, you know, oh. and her character. So Whoopi will always hold a place in my heart. So, you know, don't mess with her because she is part of the Federation. Yes, and uh, even though she does act kooky sometimes in real life. Yeah, and I love the movie Eddie. So those there are the go. two there things. There you go. So Nick and I actually watched a brand new show mm. Mm. that we have been wanting to watch for a while. Yep. Um, and I think that it 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 really blew me away for some good reasons and for some bad reasons. Um, Nick, do you want to get into just? introducing this uh, behemoth of a new genre, maybe? Maybe a new it's, genre of reality television. Uh, history reality? I don't know what, the, what you would call this, but we watched this show, which is called Churchill's Secret Agents, uh, The New Recruits. It's a BBC show or produced by the BBC for Netflix. I don't know if they've had... Um, a season of this before this Netflix season learning about how Netflix treated um, other uh, British properties, a uh, reality properties such yeah. as the great British baking show yeah. where they're giving us a season one, two, three, and we're finding out that those are not seasons one, two, and three. They're out of order. So the fact that this show Churchill secret agents has a colon, the new recruits, which means there used to be old recruits, oh. or does that refer to the original recruits, which are Churchill Secret Agents, which what it, which is what this show is based off of, mm -hmm. which we'll explain right now. Yes. Don't really know. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming this is the first season. I think so, too, because it was like, with, like Netflix with BBC. Well, because Churchill Secret Agents implies... That it's the thing, the actual historical thing that is a fact where that uh, Winston Churchill back in the uh, Great War days, I believe World War II. You got it. Um, he put together a uh, faction of secret civilians who mm -hmm. he trained um, in all around Europe mm -hmm. uh, to sort of um, subvert uh, the fascists. Of Germany, so this is like guerrilla warfare, um, organizing the locals yes. to resist uh, resistance, Nazis, resistance. And, and, and training. So training. you would train um, um, 
uh, men, at the time it were men, just mm-hmm. men, women were not allowed to uh, be recruits. What a mistake. But on this show, they specifically said we were looking for women to do this. Um, we're trying to right those wrongs by they Churchill. They did highlight a woman, though. They highlighted the woman that the uh, the Russians called, like, Stumpy or something. Cause yes, because she, she, had, had, she had, like, a one leg. Yeah, and she was the... Or limp, the, the, the lady with the limp. The woman the with limper. the limp something. Yeah. Know, whatever. Um, I'm sorry I called her Stumpy. Yes. I thought it was... I don't think her name was Stumpy, <laughs> Ash. <laughs> Stumpy. It Jesus Christ. The limp, the limp. Okay, so lady she, with the limp. She played a big role, but she was not one of Churchill's secret agents. She was just. Uh, they were just sort of using her as an example that there were women, women of uh, uh, who are very useful to this cause. Just didn't happen to be one of quote unquote Churchill's secret agents. So Churchill would train just civilians, regular people, to sort of subvert, cause, cause, um, you know, find, uh, create their own factions, um, you know, uh, spread the word, and then actually do some sort of secret agent shit, like it killing, awesome. killing people, spying yeah. on people. Well, not that I didn't mean to say it looked awesome right before Nick said killing people. Well, they were but killing people on the, this thing. I, I'm thinking more of like them scaling the wall and trying to get across the yeah, pond. Yes. So <clears throat> what this show has done has brought um, a bunch of very talented human beings um, from mostly Europe, although we we think there's one American on there, although they're not telling us where they're from. They're not telling us where they're from, but they are telling us what they did. So we have people in there who used to be police officers. Someone was an investment banker. Some of these people, they they seem skilled, but some of them also seem just like young and clueless. Yeah, and they trained them. To be in the exact training that Winston Churchill trained uh, his original secret uh, agents. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but this first episode was not about training, but about testing to see who gets to say. Right, right. It was testing to see who can um, earn the right to train. To earn the right to learn the secrets of Churchill's secret So uh, it's, the trailer's kind of fun, so I, might, I, I thought I'd play a little bit of the trailer that Netflix gives you. So uh, let's see if you can hear this. July 1940, Europe was at war. This was Britain's darkest hour. With invasion seeming inevitable, Churchill signed an order to create a new secret army. The Special Operations Executive. Now... I'm going to pause right there. Stumpy, Ash? (laughs) You got to edit that out. Stumpy? That feels very wrong. It is. Please edit that out. No, we can't. I got to go to work. I thought that was her name. Okay. She had a name. You thought that was her name. No, she had a nickname that went along... uh, You know, my name is Gladys. I'd like everybody to call me Stumpy. It's my nickname. A group of 21st century people are about to take on a training program which has spent 60 years under lock and key. This task is based on a real SOE test. This was extremely dangerous. The risks were immense for agents. By undergoing the same assessments... Do you hear those gunshots? So this is something fun. Um, this is my favorite part about this show. So, like, uh, a few times <laughs> in, the, in the first episode... For no reason other than to scare the shit out of people while people are sitting like in a classroom or standing in a line out in the woods, somebody in Nazi <laughs> regalia runs up behind them and fires an automatic weapon bah, 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 and everybody hits the deck and he screams. And then the woman who's hosting the show looks and goes, always stay on your feet yeah. or something like yeah. that. Like it's like 
it's there and they're, or they're like okay let's move on to the next thing like it really doesn't have any bearing on what happens a hundred percent but the first time the woman tried to make it sound like it was she was like what did he yell before he shot the gun what were they wearing these are the details you'll have to remember but then after that people just kept coming out and shooting guns and they didn't seem to be quizzed on no, it no no they were just like the woman kind of snickered and then they moved on to the next uh, yeah. challenge 1940s trainees they'll find out how ordinary men and women never held a gun before never wanted to hold a gun became deadly weapons of war you have no idea what's coming next i'm scared to death my heart's going 100 miles an hour right now you would be dead and they'll discover how a handful of recruits helped liberate Europe from Nazi occupation. These people were transformed into spies, into silent killers, a complete SOE agent. The pen gun. It's James Bond stuff, isn't it? I can feel him. I can sense him gritting his teeth. Keep going! Come on! I think I'm discovering that I'm a person that if it needs to be done, it'll be done. This is an extraordinary project about extraordinary training and extraordinary people. Wow. Very cool. So I hope you guys could hear that and it wasn't too annoying. Yeah. But uh, I thought it was a fun trailer. Stumpy Ash. Oh my God. Anyway, Nick, sorry. You I have can't to get drop over it. I can't get Listen, over it. Listen, I knew I'm very embarrassed that I said that. <laughs> it's too early. Um, and guys, it was my birthday yesterday. Yeah, so give her please a break. Excuse me. I knew that. Actually, it was Ashley, your birthday your birthday's tomorrow. The lady with the limp, okay? <laughs> that's what she that's what she is. My birthday's tomorrow. Same as Harry Potter, July thirty first. <laughs> So they kept mentioning in that trailer SOE, and I just want you to know what that means, dear listener. It is Special Operations Executive, and here's the official logline. Its purpose was to conduct espionage, sabotage, and reconnaissance in occupied Europe against the Axis powers and to aid local resistance move- movements. It was it existed in high secret organizations, highly secret organizations, not high secret. High secrets, bro. So, um, we watched the first episode. Yeah. Um, What did you think, Ash? Um, First off, I love anything that includes World War II. Uh, Like, this is a great idea, okay, that includes World War II and reality television. I love that they gave us little history lessons where they'd be like, this, they would tell us about different SOE characters um, from the past, not characters, real people, and I enjoyed that. I loved having a little lesson in there, but I found the contestants on this show to be um, highly uninteresting. Mm. I did not get invested mm. in the fate of any of these contestants. I hear that. Um, I hear that. And I think it's just because they were normal people. I yeah. don't know why. <laughs> well, you I, need Instagram models to be your contestants. Or some it of these matter. people were count. very attractive, but they just didn't have much personality. Here's the thing. They didn't really give us personality. Yeah. When they gave us the backstory, they were like, just talk about their occupation yeah. and how, uh, you know, inept or apt they were at uh 
possibly w- withstanding this uh, yeah. test. Yeah, they were you know like they I mean? could they could build the couch out of metal in five minutes. Right. so that's good. Yeah, or yes, and we're like they they it would just be basically like this is a bright boy, and you're like okay, great. So we're to look out for this one. Here. Yeah. Um, um, they spent most of the episode sort of uh, shitting on one guy, the guy with the mustache, the blonde guy, the blonde guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, they there was a there seemed to be a um, a back and forth on whether uh, he has the leadership skills to be one of the top. Or if he's too much, um, if he's too vain, or, or he might too, be too much of a peacock. Too too much. Um, he, he's proud of himself. Too proud of himself. Now he's things. the only guy that had any personality, in my opinion. Um, yeah, but we didn't even kinda... get to see it. We I... just heard other people talking well, about his personality. What about Stumpy, the guy with the one leg? He oh, had some personality. You can't do that, what? Nick. You, that's what you say. No, <laughs> this is. This well, there is happened so to be offensive. there. There happened to be another person that was actually on the show that w- that had um like a steel leg or something yeah like he had a prosthetic a leg. prosthetic leg and he this older gentleman who was in the military i believe yeah. lost his leg in the military yeah crushing all competition this guy was really the tops of the top he was really great so at one point during the show um during the test one of the tests, yeah. One of the tests. They got split up into two groups. All of the uh, uh, all of the competitors were asked whether or not they um, who to, what two people would they want to go to war with, basically, mm-hmm. and uh, which one of those two people would you would you want to call your leader? Yeah. And then which one would you drop? Which person out of all these people pick one person that you would get rid of? Yeah. And what happened was the most votes for people that they'd want to. Um, be their leader and uh, go to war with happened to be the guy who had lost his leg in the war, mm-hmm. the older gentleman who was crushing the physical competitions, crawling yeah. through things. It was crazy. He crawled over a wall that no, almost that no almost one no could one get could over. It, it was a 10 foot wall, no pegs or anything. It was, it was crazy. And he's and the guy looked like he was probably 50 years old. Yeah. In know? his fifties for sure. <clears throat> and then the guy who people kind of, you know, they were the kind of calling an asshole a yeah. little bit. Mustache, um, Mr. Mustache. Yes. Um, and that uh, he, they would also like him to be uh, go to war and be the leader. So it seems like these are our two guys to look out for. Mm-hmm. There's also one guy who seems to be uh, smart as a whip. Yeah. Um, because they were given a test. There was one test where they were like, okay, you guys have to create some sort of a floating device to get out into the middle of this pond, grab this radio, and bring it back this way. And that's all they told them. And right at the shore... And they told them, they were like, they were like, uh, investigate the shore for materials to use. Right. And on the shore, like right there, was clearly like three barrels, yeah. a bunch of rope, and a bunch of uh, like boards. But if you kept investigating right. further down the shore... Right. But so far... First, let's just do this oh, in order. Okay. Yeah, the yeah. guy with the mustache who was kind of peacocking, he's yeah. like, "Oh, all right, great. Grab those boards. Grab those things." And he kind of like took charge in, in a really well, good way. Everybody was wor- his team was working like a well-oiled machine. Mm-hmm. And they were he was wrapping things up and, the, and they got like a really nice little like flotation device. They got a raft going. A raft. And they all piled on the raft and about halfway through, they got to where they were going and and then the they, Raphael Bart. It, it sunk <laughs> and they couldn't get it. So they had to sort of swim and drag the radio back um, and everybody got wet. Um, but, you know, uh, 
what was taken from that was the person who's hosting the show realized, well, like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm actually surprised that they got that far on that raft. It's it's a, it's surprising. And two, this guy is actually a, a pretty decent leader. He seems to, you know, keep his composure. The team worked like a machine. Yeah. And he was the head of it. Yeah. So uh, they took some positives out of that. The second crew goes and um, they're kind of talking for a little bit. Very disorganized. Fell apart up top because the uh, woman who's leading these tests, who has a t- tiny little dog and no one will tell me why the dog is there or <laughs> what its name That's is Churchill spirit but is in I, that dog I want more of this dog because the dog is being real cute with her all the time but it's never addressed um, she was electing a leader for each group so with the second group she picked this um, woman who had been a police officer before but the police officer woman was in the same group with the guy who Nick was just talking about who had lost his leg in the war and in a war and um he so she elected the woman to be the leader but then everyone pretty quickly deferred to the guy who had lost his leg as the leader and so there was no real leadership in this group but one of the younger guys just kept walking the shoreline and he found eventually he found like a raft they had put together. It An was, already made raft. And it was really well crafted. All you had to do was go looking for it. Yeah, he just, you could think out of the box a little bit, not the stuff right in front of you, front of you, front of you go down the shore, find this raft that was actually meant for you guys to get there and get back. He finds it, two people get on, they easily get the radio, bring it back and like, a minute you know yeah. it was it was quick and and so that was really good now that guy was the guy who aced the test part the written test part of this yeah and and also there was like a mechanical test part he was finished first so he may not be a born leader but the guy might be the smartest guy in the whole crew it's a the the show is interesting and fun to watch especially for history buffs but it is lacking any compelling characters oh, oh yeah this is um, this is not are you the one this is not are you the one i did find the guy who kept having migraines to be kind of funny like yes. <laughs> <laughs> you want to explain what that was um just one of the guys like he started off on the first day he was definitely in the room when the shots went off but then we didn't see him again he just kept having migraines and laying in bed but then they sent him home and he was at the end of it he was like you know sure i was in bed all day all day with migraines every day i was here but this is, you know, the most important thing I've ever done. Best time of my life. Yeah. Best time of my life. And we're like, you didn't do anything. You didn't do squat, um, But that was kind of funny. Just And then they came to talk to him about his migraines. He's like, yeah, I don't know. It's just, I haven't gotten them in a while, but I got them now. So then at the end of the show, um, they sort of had to tally up those votes, like I was talking before, of the um, people who they want to be in a foxhole with and the people that they would not please get this person out of yeah. here. Yeah. So they took all of the people that uh, got the most votes uh, for get out of here. Yeah. And and um, and then they kind of put it together with other. Which was three women and the migraine guy. Yes. <laughs> which felt three women a and the migraine guy tiny went home. Bit and, and one of them was the woman in which who was in charge. The police of, officer. The police officer who, honestly, Ash, I thought she was going to be somebody to look out for. I did too. I thought she had a lot of potential. It was shocking. Do you think she lost? Pu- I mean, cause, I do. Because uh, of the editing. It makes it look like she lost purely on the fact that she couldn't gain control of her own team. I think that's why she lost. But maybe she didn't do well. They didn't. We didn't really see how she did well on like the and the the making the little models part. Yeah. And we don't. And and I'm not too sure how she did on the obstacle course. Listen, if you can't, if you get elected leader and you can't control your team, you're out. Okay. This is Churchill's secret army. <laughs> secret agents. <laughs> Whatever. 
Um, All right, guys, that has been the show. Thank you so much for listening. Um, We're sorry we didn't get this thing out at 2 o'clock in the morning like we normally do, but uh, uh, we're happy to have uh, gotten up early and and been able to start our morning with our favorite people, the fans. Wait, are you not going to talk about the Great British Bake Off? Oh, we don't have time to do that. Oh, okay. Well, we'll we'll talk. We're just going to have to say that. I hope you guys are all watching, and and especially I hope you saw the pie episode. Well, listen, what we're going to do is we're a couple episodes till the end. By next week, we'll be done, and we will not just talk about Great British Baking Show next week. We'll talk about some other stuff. Let's do a whole wrap up of season five for the Great British Baking Show. We can, we will definitely talk about that. Uh, So for those of you, for you, for you, for you bake heads yeah, out there. The bake offs. The bake the bake the bake the baking sodas. The bake, bake, bake. <laughs> um we're we're definitely gonna do it because we are in the middle of that season and um I don't know. People are I I assume that they didn't show that they showed this out of order because people said this is a boring season. I like this season. Stuff is popping off. I don't see anything different than any other season. Paul and Mary are disagreeing yeah, a lot. I think that's why. We're gonna yeah. have to get into that next week because I yeah. think Paul and Mary, I mean l- at least the last episode that we watched, which was I believe pudding. Buttonheads. Man, what? Button heads? They're butting heads. <laughs> button heads? No, they're butting heads. Those two are button heads. <laughs> button heads. You know, button heads. They're butting heads. Guys, it's early. Ashley does not have a grasp of the language uh-huh. yet. Me, I get up crack of the dawn. I do two, three miles around the block. Hey, if you want to give me a great birthday present, please leave a review about the podcast. Give us five stars on the Apple Pod app. It really is so great it makes me so happy please for my birthday would love that and as always if you want to email us email us at realityblowspodcast at gmail.com you can find us on twitter at realityblowspod you can find me on twitter at ashley b roberts and you can find nick on instagram at nick maritato that's m-a-r-i-t-a-t-o and as always may the great british bake be with you we didn't even really talk about that Churchill! <laughs> <laughs>